Welcome to The Coaching Question. This is the podcast for people who want to know more about coaching, how to commission it, when to use it, and really, what is it all about? Join Gregor Findlay and Sarah Turner, two executive coaches, for an honest conversation. This is part two of our career coaching podcasts. And for those of you who have listened to our previous one, today we are going to be talking about career coaching in organizations. So Gregor, tell me a little bit about how you might get involved in career coaching in organizations. I think one of the best ways to enter this is to illustrate with a story, because I think some people might have misconceptions about how an organization might value career coaching. Mm -hmm. So I can think of this example where this was a woman who was reporting into the exec team in a utility and she'd been brought on board and had been carrying out a multi-year role to do this massive project and it was coming to its end and literally they didn't have any place to put her yeah but she was hugely she was hugely talented she'd made massive contributions but there wasn't a role for her at that level anymore and so what were they going to do with her point of view of that coaching was can you please help us support this valued member of staff? Let's see if we can help her to find another role internally. And if we can do that, then then let's set her up so she can leave well and get something positive external to this organization. So it was mm. career coaching, completely funded by the organization, in the full knowledge that the chances were she was going to be leaving. Yeah. And sometimes there may be the possibility of redundancy built into that. And obviously with redundancy, you often get a kind of a career coaching package. But I think this is a slightly different scenario. And I've had very similar experiences myself is where you've got somebody who has performed extremely well. And if the organisation could, they would create an opportunity for that person to stay. But for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem to be possible. And it's a really positive story for the organisation, I think, when you think about employer branding and reputation, which is just so critical to really take care of your people in that way is hugely valuable. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because they've got a leadership pipeline, they've got to, got to manage their talent. And the thing that comes through for me is quite a lot of engagements I've had, career coaching has it's never been labelled career coaching. It's mm -hmm. a part of the coaching remit is that yeah. you came up with the term at the end of the last uh, podcast that people are career pacifists and they don't know what they want to do next. And so the sponsor of the coaching is saying, this individual needs to be clear what they want from their career. And they're not clear at the moment because they can't tell me. So they're not able to yeah. articulate to the organization what they want. And that's part of the output of the coaching not labelled career coaching, but it essentially is career coaching, so that the coachee can be very clear to the organisation what they want from them in terms of career. Yeah. And the other kinds of ways in which career coaching will come up is where you have, what I've experienced is where I'll have a client who perhaps is slated for promotion. So promotion is within the next, what, 6, 12, maybe 18 months. But there are some clear things that need to be changed or to be improved in order for that to happen. So it is about career development, but it's about 
how do I enhance my communication style or how do I um, present more effectively at a senior level or influence people and bring them with me, whatever it, it might be. There's a development need, but with a view to progressing within the organisation. So we're categorising things differently. I would categorise that as part of transition coaching because yeah. I think a transition coaching is ready for the transition or after the transition. Yeah. But clearly it does have an impact on people's career. Yeah. I think it's the, for me, career coaching is when in the organisational senses, HR saying, please help us, mm-hmm. help this person be clear on the next steps. Yeah. Because we can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's a valid point. We can't do it. Line managers very rarely get sent on training courses or equipped with the skills to have a quality career coaching conversation with a direct report because there's a there is a real skill set to it and particularly where you've got someone who perhaps hasn't got that clarity bringing in an external career coach can provide a really valuable lens i was going to say i think there's also something around being clear about personal growth and career development because not all organizations depending on their size or their setup or their structure are going to be able to offer individuals constant or ongoing career development and career paths you know the bigger organizations will have those laid out and they'll be quite clear about the different grades and the different steps you need to take in order to progress up the kind of traditional ladder if you like but other organizations may not be as well set up or as well structured and so the individual needs to be able to think for themselves how do they navigate their career and I think that actually the world of work is is changing or has changed so that there's probably fewer organisations now that operate on this sort of hierarchical ladder and that maybe it's thinking about the matrix and do I take a sideways step here that's going to give me this particular experience or this kind of exposure and then I might make that move up at some point in the future which is thinking more about a matrix rather than those steps upwards and that sort of logical ladder. But there's also this concept of the gig economy where people are now doing much more of a portfolio career. So they might work part-time and then run a business on the side, or they might be purely freelance for a period of time. And so actually, I think the way that people are developing their careers has actually changed quite a lot. I started my professional career in 1987, and I was a graduate recruit. So there was an expectation of a long career within this multinational organisation. And there was a set of expectations that you would progress in two, three-year chunks within the organization. And that is not the same in lots of environments um, and certainly not the same in terms of a gig economy. There's certainly a need for people to be more, I think, more career activist. And I think that there's more need for an external perspective or coaching Career coaching in an organisational sense, because it's not as clear anymore, Mm. because there was a clear career path. The HR could manage people through this process because there was a clear path. There is no clear path anymore in matrix organisations. The individual has to hold more responsibility. And therefore, I think coaching fits better for that in in an organisation with stretched HR resources. So I guess that's an interesting point because often what I hear, and obviously I've had lots of experience working in HR, is it the responsibility of the organisation or is it the responsibility of the individual to manage 
careers. And so I suppose what I'm interested in, as you were talking there, is what role can the organisation play? What can the organisation offer that would mean that they would feel satisfied that they're providing some form of support to their people in terms of developing their career, perhaps where there is an absence of a clear career path or a clear structured way of developing and the individual needs to manage their own career. What sorts of coaching programs or interventions have you done in that space? I haven't done anything in terms of anything programmatic. I think you've done stuff more in that space. I think Mm -hmm. what has come up for me quite a lot is in the post-transition coaching is Mm -hmm. that people aren't actually certain, should I have made this move? Do I have what it takes to stay at this level and to perform at this level? And so it's highlighting some conversations that didn't happen that maybe should have happened before that career transition happened. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you do end up doing some of the career coaching activities post-transition to help people settle in because they didn't do it beforehand. Mm -hmm. So is that similar or different to the first 90 days type stuff? I think it's different because so the first 90 days stuff is you would be doing it in the first 90 days. So there are mm-hmm. organisations that they do that and, it, and it's brilliant. My experience is I tend to get more involved in it's six months in or 12 months in or maybe even 18 months. Right, okay. It's still not working. The organisation thought they were managing their talent pipeline in terms of progressing this person. Maybe they had them in the top right-hand corner of the nine-box grid. But when the... Yeah. I'm really struggling not to say when the rubber hits the road because um, I hate the expression... What I'm hearing when you say that is there's something about the readiness. You know, when you're thinking about your talent and managing your talent and looking at that nine box grid, the readiness of that individual to be in that role is a really important piece of information to be reviewing. And so it sounds as if when you've been called in, it's because the readiness perhaps wasn't completely thought through and the individual actually has found it perhaps a a little bit more difficult than had been thought originally planned. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Not particularly thought through. I think sometimes it can be really well thought through and that person thinks that's where they're at. It's just that it's certain transitions. The new world is very different from what they thought it was, what they thought it was going to be. Yeah. And the, the value set at that level is a different value set and they have to come to terms with that. Now, that may have been something that you could have dealt with in a career coaching conversation before the transition. Yeah, setting them up for it. So they're setting them up for success. I was just going to say, and that's very much what we talked about in one of our earlier podcasts about the leadership pipeline. Yeah, so I think in managing the leadership pipeline, I think an organisation can use external coaches to support people pre and post transition. And Mm. my experience is that organisations don't invest enough time proactively pre-transition and they end up either spending more or having failures post-transition. I think that's a really interesting point, Gregor, because I kind of highlighted that first 90 days coaching, which is something that a lot of people would know about. But as you highlighted, it's not necessarily happening in the first 90 days. This is potentially happening six, 12 months down the line. And you're in, you're reinforcing the, the, the importance of the, the time beforehand, the preparation, the setting them up for success. Yes. And the other thing is that a lot of organisations might use or individuals will finance, fund first 90 days engagements when it's moving to a new company. However, the transition within an organisation is often more difficult than a transition between organisations. 
Because if you think, uh, for example, I can think of a sales director that in competition with their peers, got the role of sales and marketing director. One of the individuals in particular really thought he should have had that role. That transition is more difficult and more challenging than someone probably coming in from the outside. You've got the whole question of culture fit. If, if there's a real disparity in old culture, new culture, that's a different thing. But in terms of a lot of the transition elements, it can be more challenging for an internal move. My experience is very few organizations look at first 90 days for internal moves. Mm, yes, and I'd agree with you. And it is something that comes up a lot in coaching is where someone's been promoted above their peers and now finds themselves in a role more senior where potentially they have either responsibility, line management responsibility or some other kind of responsibility over those peers. And that causes huge difficulties. All the time. But again, we're probably getting off topic because I don't. that's not necessarily a career, is that a career coaching issue. I think it is career coaching because this is about organisations wanting to get the best out of their people and driving performance. And actually a, a career transition, a promotion, they are all about developing your career. You can call it what you like, it's coaching, but it happens to have a career element to it. I think the probably one of the transitions, if I was in HR and I wanted to say, okay, I can't do that for everyone. Where should I be looking? Yeah. Because quite often in flatter organizations, you've got the transition to manager and managers, then functional manager. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, functional manager transition and people managing managers is the same transition. But it's the next one on from that is when you go from functional to business manager. That's the real biggie. There's a big change in what you have to value, the way you operate. And I think it is the most valuable for any form of transition coaching. But I think people should be really certain that's what they want for their career because there's several times I've been involved post-transition. That transition in particular, I've been involved post-transition where people are sitting there and go, my God, what have I got myself into? I had no Mm. idea this was what it was going to be like. And that's if if they'd known that up front, they would have been much more cautious about that. Cautious. They would have been much more cautious and more prepared for that transition. What I think is interesting about what you're saying there, Grego, is, you know, you and I have talked about this before, that often executive coaching is reserved for those senior hires or those senior promotions. And we both passionately believe in the power, the transformational power of coaching and would love to see it available to more people. And one of the ways I've worked and that I've seen can be really hugely impactful is to offer um, a sort of power hour type coaching offer. So I've done this for a couple of uh, organizations very successfully. And what they do is they offer a power hour one-off coaching session. And it's usually reserved for sort of high potential people but not senior, necessarily senior people. Where I've seen it work well, for example, is in a law firm where you've got trainees who've just qualified and are transitioning into a permanent position, for example. And the idea is it's a one-off session and it just gives them the opportunity to stop and reflect on their career so far, where they're heading, what's working well for them, what are they finding difficult And sometimes it might lead to a coaching program, but more often than not, just having that power hour, it 
just the insights and the self-awareness that they gain as a result of it can be huge. And it just comes back to the point of coaching can be accessible for the many, not just the few. Yeah, I like the branding, power hour. Um, What I've engaged in some different organisations is because it's been physical rather than virtual, it's been drop-in coaching, but you could easily do it virtually. Uh, And basically, there are hour slots available. Anybody can turn up from the most junior to the most senior. It's an hour for them, for themselves. And it's just supported by the organisation. And I think certainly the... Telecom, one of the telecoms companies I did it with, they felt they got a really good return from that investment, certainly in terms of engagement. And people felt really cared for that they made that investment. But what it did, it helped with career development in the organisation. Absolutely. And and where I've done this with organisations is they've usually attached it to some kind of a process. So uh, the law firm example, round of uh, newly qualified going permanent. In another organisation, it might be where they do a round of promotions once or twice a year, or however frequently they do it. And so you've got a group or a cohort of individuals who are going through this same experience, who are all offered this power hour session. And what I then do as a coach is to step back and look at it from an organizational perspective and say, okay, are there any themes that are arising from these coaching sessions that would be useful for the HR team to know about? So not breaking any confidentiality or anything like that, because you contract around this at the start of the session with the individual. But it could be, you know, the sorts of themes that might come up as high stress levels or long working hours or needing support with writing, business writing, for example. And these are some themes that can be flagged and shared with HR that is useful for them as they think about the work they're doing and their plans for the year. That's certainly my experience. And at the same with that drop-in coaching program I talked about, we had about six to eight coaches at different times partaking in those programs. And then we could come together and share any themes we thought were coming up. And that was incredibly valuable for HR because that fed into their development programs. And I think what's really nice about it for HR is it just takes that weight off their minds. When you're thinking about it as an HR professional, thinking about how do we support the careers of our people, given that our line managers aren't career coaches and there's only so much that they can talk about. Yes, we do want individuals to manage their own careers and there's plenty of resources that we can direct them to. But actually, something like the power hour coaching or the drop-in coaching model is relatively low cost, but does enable you to give that support and, as you say, actually have that insight gained from it at the same time. I don't think it would be hard to work out a a decent return on investment for having some form of career coaching sessions that are just one-offs that people have at certain times of their career or regularly throughout their career in an organisation. I think managers can have really good development conversations with their people, but there is something about the confidentiality of a coach. People can actually be very open with someone about their concerns or their questions that they want to process that they can't really do with a manager. I think it's of huge value. Okay, Sarah, as someone who does work in HR, what would your takeaway be from this podcast? I think that career coaching isn't really a nice to have. I think it's a must have because what it can do for your employer brand and the level of engagement of your people is just priceless. The number of people that I've worked with in this power hour type session who've said to me, 
can't believe that my employer give me this opportunity. It's just brilliant. Is too many that too many to count. And I'm sure it would be the same for your your lady. I've had I've had the same experience with the thing. I can't yeah. believe that the company has done this. Isn't it fantastic? Yeah, you know that's the story. No amount of marketing or branding work would get you that. When that person goes out to the pub on Friday night and talks to their friends, or when that senior person who's been supported as she finds her next move is out at a networking event, all they're going to do is speak with glowing pride about that organisation. So for me, investing in your people in this way is a bit of a no-brainer. And she does speak in glowing terms about them because um, I still keep in touch with her and she does speak in glowing terms, doesn't, doesn't have a bad word to say about the organisation. So I think employee employee brand benefit is, is huge. Okay, let's wrap that one up there yeah. and uh, look forward to speaking to you in the next one. Cheers. That's great. Bye-bye. Speak to you soon.